Hey guys, this is Lindsay Schnorr. Welcome to my podcast, Known to be Known. I want to inspire you to wonder and question and think for yourself rather than tell you what to think as we go on a journey to get to know God. I'd like to suggest that God's desire was never to get you to heaven, but to get heaven through you. And that he actually gave us this answer to what eternal life looks like in John 17, 3, saying that eternal life is this, that we would know God as the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. You see, he gave us an end game and a timeline, relationship forever. I believe that as we get to know him, he's made known through our lives and evangelism, you know, sharing the gospel, actually looks and sounds a lot like you and your life. You ready for an adventure? Let's go. Hey, podcast world. It's a good day. Okay, so you're going to bear with me because we are glowing up, as my daughter would say, and um, changing up some things, becoming more techie. What do you got, like an interface happening right now? You know, AI had this thing for a while, but haven't had it set up, getting the office set up. You can see kind of maybe my shark we caught years back and coming to you real life. Just got done running. Um, it is a balmy, beautiful, probably 48 degree day in Iowa that should not be happening in February, but I'm not angry. <laughs> and... Honestly, like I have been really holding myself to like sticking with the subject matter of identity and uh, the perfection versus uh, process and excellence. And yet, again, you know how I love the patterns of conversation. I'm feeling really pulled to to sharing some more of my personal um, experience with with God. And. As we do that, and as this podcast like continues, I was told that generally most podcasts find find their rhythm and find their vein by about the hundredth episode. But until the hundredth episode, it's really trial and error and figuring out where your voice actually works within the entire sphere. That all said, like I started this podcast wanting to pursue the relationship with God, like not just religion and church and Bible studies, but but actually sharing my process and what it looked like to to hang out with Jesus and have him be a part of my everyday life, not not philosophically, not like, you know, um, manifesting this, but connecting with a real, a real relational being. And while I believe I kind of started with that, with my testimony, um, and that every part of thinking and experience is a demonstration of that, I, I kind of want to get back to that. And I want to get back to the concepts of how do I hear God? Can all of us hear God? These, these big concepts that are foundational for, for developing your personal relationship. And that's where I'm at today. So, you know, I apologize if this feels a little um, misplaced or schizophrenic. <laughs> it's just going to flip a switch really quick. But... Um, we're going to go there. We're, we're going to start with some of those foundational blocks. And this kind of comes on the cusp of quite a few questions and conversations I've had with people that, that the motivation is that they, they really do want to hear from God, right? Like they, this, this notion of that we all can, um, even if you don't believe it, I do think most of us have an inner desire for that connection. And you can see that 
even in a world that that doesn't know Jesus yet, that there's a massive predominance right now of anything in the spiritual world, right? Whether it is visiting mediums or or using tarot cards or astrology or there are all these different methods to somehow connect with a, a greater dimension, a greater significance, a greater belonging. And my suggestion is just that that, that the greatest dimension of relationship that you can have is with Jesus and that he is the only way that you can get to know God. That's not the point we're going through though right now. I want to discuss how to hear from God. We had a little blip. Sorry about that. Getting back on track. Darn it. Okay. Real life guys. Like it is really annoying when, when things, let's see. Okay. That's still working. When things just like crap out on you for a second. So that was a squirrel moment. You can hear from God. Okay, so here's what we're going to start with. Genesis. It is my suggestion that starting with the beginning is generally a really good place to start. Let's start from the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. <laughs> God created mankind in his image. Male and female, he created them. And you know, I like to nerd out on some of the terms and, and, and words that are used in the Bible. But here's a fun one for you if you don't know. Adam is not Adam's name. It's not like Tom, Dick, or Harry. Adam, Adam, means mankind. God chose to create male and female, that together they would display the fullness of God's image. You were made in the pattern of God, paternal. That's where, that's where we even get that name, like paternity. We are made in the pattern of God. And I might like really be harping on the depth of this, but it makes sense. He created us for relationship, not to do things, but to hang out with us. And to hang out with us in a way that through relationship, we would get to know him and the fullness of him would be displayed through us. Following me? So part of that would be communication. So are you following me yet? You were created for relationship. Foundationally, that includes communication. You can't learn about somebody without communicating with them. God knew that, so he made you foundationally to communicate with him, to commune with him. And the whole Old Testament leading up to Jesus is how that got mucked up and why Jesus came to erase the separation so we could once again be in communication with God. We aren't going to talk about all the specifics of how the prophets communicated with them, how particular people communicated with them in the Old Testament. What we are going to talk about is that as a believer, you become a new creation in Christ, right? The whole part of the gospel is that once we accept the invitation to know Jesus, to, to, to serve him and love him and give our lives to him, then we are hidden in him and the finished work of the cross so that 
we can be in relationship with God once again, individually through the power of Holy Spirit. Now that is a your story as a believer. It is your DNA as a believer. It is the way that you are put together to communicate with God. And it's a, it's a very, very important, not just concept, but truth to understand because your, your belief systems, your core truths are the filters to which you actually proceed through with life. So if you don't believe what I just got done telling you, it's going to be really difficult for you to enter into relationship with God if you don't already have a foundational core belief that you were made to talk to him, to hear him, to commune with him following me. It's one of the things that I talk about in the beginning of my book, known to be known. If you don't have it yet, go grab it at Amazon. It, there really is some really, I'm not patting myself on the back, but God gave me the grace to break down some of these concepts so that you can have them in hand to be practicing these things, right? It's not generally the, the philosophy or idea that we have a problem with, but it's this little space right in between these two temples <laughs> that can really get in the way when we're trying to, to have revelation and understanding with the Lord. Because he's not something that we can completely understand or comprehend. But knowing that you were designed to communicate with him is a really awesome truth to start out with when you pursue relationship with him. So what does that look like? It looks like a journey rather than a destination. The frustration of so many people that I have met in my life up to this point that they don't hear from God or don't feel like they have a consistency of hearing from God immediately, I would suggest is less evidence that you don't hear him and more evidence of just where you're at in relationship. Have any of you guys ever had a point in life that you've met somebody? You've met them maybe once or twice and you run into said person at the grocery store and that person starts talking to you and in the moment you don't actually realize they're talking to you. Like they're waving you down. You're looking around trying to figure out who are they talking to. Then they get your attention. You start speaking to them and it's not until halfway through that you realize maybe you do know them, but you don't know their name. Okay. Now keep that one on a shelf for a second. Now think about your spouse or your, your mom or wherever you're at in your life, the, the person that you have the most relational equity with. You even know what they're going to say before they're going to say it. You've had enough experience and intentionality and time to develop nuances that, that communication is something that, that has a lot of history. Now, my point is a lot of us are in the grocery store with God. We know we know we know the voice, we, we know we know the face, but we can't really place it. And, and yet they recognize us, but we just, we're not really sure. And then some of us are in the space of that we've, we've walked enough life and intentionality and relationship with him that he has become like a father, like a best friend to us. And it's not that he isn't in either situation the situations are only dependent on the level of relational equity that you've actually invested in that person. And my point, everyone, is that 
whether you have intentionally pursued God for years of your life and you've developed this friendship with him, or if you just desperately want to recognize his face and his voice in his life, he's good to start wherever you're at. He's actually the one in the grocery store that has sought you out and is flagging you down to make sure that you understand he recognizes and wants to talk to you. One of my absolute favorite stories of this, and I generally get choked up when I say it because it's just so beautiful, is um, Bill Johnson talks about his son, Eric Johnson. And Eric Johnson, he's a phenomenal pastor. Can't remember if it's North or South Carolina, their family's in right now. But Eric has grown up with a, a hearing impairment. And Bill talks about when Eric was little, that Bill would take care that when he spoke to his son, he would make sure to get down eye level with him and he would adjust Eric's face and make sure that Eric could see Bill speaking so that Eric could have the absolute best circumstances to hear his father speaking to him and understand what he was saying. It had nothing to do with Eric and everything to do with Bill to make sure he adjusted his posture, made sure his son was looking at him and making sure that his son could hear him and understand him. And Bill goes on to say that is a beautiful picture of God. It's less about your desire to want to hear him and more about his desire to want to communicate with you. It's responding to that. How cool of a story. How cool of a picture is that? So we come to these points, right, that I, I believe hope is rising right there, right? For most people, are like, okay, I get it, Lindsay. I get it. I, I want to hear him so badly. I want to hear him the way that, that you talk about you hear him. My experience in my life is built on history. There are plenty of decades, at least two I can think of, that I didn't know it was always God, but I made a point to journal and to recognize what was me, what was him, and what was the enemy, which just a, a small offshoot. There's another really phenomenal teacher that has spoken into my life that has said, when you start really wanting to connect with God's voice and hear what he's saying to you, assume everything is him. <laughs> just assume everything's him because he will make it clear what is you and what is the enemy through process, through relationship. But if you get into this massive discernment mode before you have any clue what he sounds like in your life, you're going to miss him more than you're going to catch him because you're going to be so worried that you're not sure it's him. Do you get what I'm saying? God is good. Here, here's another foundational truth. He is good. He cannot change. All good things come from him. It is impossible to assume like to choose that, okay, I'm just going to choose it. Every thought that goes through my head right now. And I did do this, by the way. Okay, it's all God. Was it all God? No, but do you know what God did in that moment with me? Because my trust was fully that he was going to increase the degree to which I heard his voice in my life. And I basically threw a Hail Mary and said, because I believe this and because I believe you want to talk to me and you want to have a relationship with me, I'm going to say every single thought is from you. And if it's not, you're going to tell me it's not. Guess what he did? He told me when it wasn't him. I became familiar 
with Lindsay's thoughts and Lindsay's internal dialogue. There were moments I can tell you that when I thought Lindsay's internal dialogue was God, Holy Spirit would come in at the same time and I would get to have those profound moments of hearing me and the Lord at the same time inside of me. Anyone here in Roselle right now? If your mother only knew. <laughs> That's dating me. But you know what I mean? It's like the beat and the music at the same time. This is exactly what happens. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting loud. But it is bogus when you start to realize that Holy Spirit, he is completely separate inside of you. And this amazing moment where, oh, wait a second, I can actually have full-on conversations with God within my temple. Like, that's what he made possible. I digress, but it's it's wild and exciting. And part of the invitation that I would say, throw throw it all out. Go for it. Just assume everything's God. You will shock yourself that more times often than not, it is him. And if it's not, you'll know because he's good. He cares about you. You don't believe me? You go read Psalm 91 or Psalm 23. Those are declarations over your life as a believer. Those are declarations over your life if you're not a believer that you can step into giving your life to Jesus. Isn't this exciting stuff? But Lindsay, you haven't said anything about Satan. Okay, because quite frankly, I've I lived in a world where people gave him way too much credit, way too much power, way too much influence. And there there is a complete degree of warfare and intentionality against the enemy and also Jesus is king. God's work ended at the cross. We have access to not just thinking like God, but his thoughts with Holy Spirit inside of us. And I'm a lot more interested in my relationship with God than I am with the person that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Because if, if there is an attempt to steal, kill, or destroy, which all of us have lived it, and to varying intensities, I have a defender. I have a contender. I have an advocate. And part of that is about my relationship, my conversation with God. So in those moments, I know who to trust or be distracted by. And the voice of the accuser is exactly that. He is a liar. He is an accuser. He is a, he is a persuader. And his voice is not hard to identify. Go read Screw Tape Letters. Great book for the rest of your life. C.S. Lewis, Screw Tape Letters. It is a take on what the enemy and, and the demonic try to do to people. But I've always found the rhetoric and um, the narrative really, really interesting because the devil's not creative. He's not creative. So once you get accustomed to saying, oh, wait a second. That sounds like shame. That sounds like guilt. That sounds like accusation. That sounds like it's persuading away from truth. You're like, oh, wait a second. That is not me. That's the enemy. And hold up. Here's, here's another truth bomb for you. We've already said 
in a lot more words than what I'm going to condense it to, but not all your thoughts are your thoughts. Some of them are God and some of them are the enemy. But just because the thought sounds like your voice or sounds familiar does not mean it originated with you. Did you hear me? Just because a thought or that little voice in your head at any point in time sounds like you, excuse me, or sounds familiar does not mean it originates with you. Wolf in sheep's clothing. That's, that's another descriptor of the accuser. How easy is it to come into your mind and suggest things to you through a familiar or quite frankly, your voice, just suggesting ideas to you. Not all your thoughts are your thoughts. Those sneaky thoughts that come into your mind that are, are horrible. Here, here's one. My mom and I laugh about this one all the time. If you're married and I'm, I'm throwing this out, out there, have you ever had the thought, I'm just going to push him down the stairs? Have you ever had that thought? How many of you guys are laughing? Because I've actually had this conversation with a lot of people and whether it is pushing down the stairs or some other violent move, almost every single person I've talked to has had one of these fleeting thoughts. You guys, it's not you. It's the enemy. The problem's not with the thought. The problem's with the action that you take with any said given thought. Do you hear me? Again... The enemy has limited power, but you have all authority once Jesus rose and sat down next to God. All authority has been given to him. Now it's given to us. But you empower the enemy when you agree with what he suggests. This goes back to the beginning. Remember? Like, here we go. Full circle. You empower him by agreeing with his suggestions. So just because you have weird random thoughts that don't sound like you doesn't mean you had the thought and is a great way to identify, oh, there he is. And what do we do? We just don't pair with or take action with the thought. We bind it and cast it. Take all thoughts captive. Why? To discern where their origination is. All right, we're 22 minutes into this, and I feel like this is like a huge discourse of just a ton, a ton of information. Ultimately, where I really wanted to be at is that each one of you can hear the voice of God. You don't need somebody else to hear God's voice for you. You don't need that. What you do need sometimes in life is when you hear his voice, that it is confirmed and affirmed by people outside of you. God does that because he says that the witnessing of his word proves it. You can go through the scripture and actually confirm and prove the, the sound and subcontext of God's word. And what do I mean by that? Well, he goes, let's, let's talk about how he, he has certain promises, okay? He promises uh, to never leave nor forsake us. So if you are developing a relationship with God and you have this whole commentary going on in your head that you, you hear the Lord say or you hear a thought say, 
I would never leave you alone. You know that job meeting you're going into? I'm going with you. I'm going to be there with you. And you start questioning in your car. Is, did God really say that? Was that God? Or is that just a comforting thought that I want to have that I'm not going to be alone? Well, then you can go to the scripture, step one, and actually vet this conversation and find that, oh, Jesus did say, I will never leave nor forsake you. He says, and lo, I am with you even to the end. Okay, this is sounding like God. And then as you're like pulling up to this meeting, you get out and a stranger goes, hey, God just wants you to know that you're not going to be alone today. These, these things happen. They're not happenstance. It's not accident. God does things very intentionally and purposefully to develop trust and, and context for increasing capacity in our relationships. And we, we've dumbed it all down to being like, oh man, man, I'm lucky. Man, the universe is on my side. No, God's on your side and he wants you to hear his voice. And he gave you the word to vet what he's saying and the rest of the world around you to get to cooperate in the relationship because it's awesome amongst other reasons. So how do we practice this, Lindsay? Great question, folks. And all I can do is tell you what I've done. First of all, I'm going to suggest a few books for people. The God I Never Knew and Frequency by Robert Morris. Those two books over a decade ago gave me context and language to understand, understand the degree to which God wanted to speak to me and have relationship with me. And yes, yes, you've heard my story that I've always been more than acutely aware of him speaking, but him speaking at me versus conversationally with me was a completely different cornerstone belief point development. And those two books were huge. Sean Bowles went on to um, publish, I believe, Introductory to the Prophetic. Mm, I can't remember. I've got all these books. I wish I had my library in this room, but I don't. But if you go search up Sean Bowles and Hearing God's Voice, maybe, and something Intro to the Prophetic, I'll find it out and put the links on the summary to the to this podcast. But those... Those materials and resources were huge. And then I just was relentless in practicing. Relentless. I formed small groups of people that were equally interested, and we just went after God's voice, asking him every question. God, what's your favorite food? You ever ask God that? I asked God once, and he was talking about ice cream and stuff. I asked him about his favorite place on the earth. I asked him why he designed things the way that he did. I asked him what he thought about me why he put me on the earth at this, at this moment of time. I, I started asking him so many questions that I had to be like the three-year-old in the back of the car. But do you know what I found? He never, he never once got impatient or annoyed. He actually became more and more pronounced in my life because of my deep desire and curiosity to know more about him. And that, that place of wonder and curiosity, which I believe I was built for, that childlike wonder created this really low stakes environment that there wasn't any question that was beneath God. 
And sometimes you guys, I didn't get like a conversational answer. Sometimes I'd get a picture. Sometimes I would get like a Disney movie. And this goes back to when I said that as I started pursuing God, I just assumed everything was from him. Mind you, at this point, I didn't know a whole lot about the prophetic culture. I didn't grow up with that vocabulary word. I had no idea what this stuff meant. I didn't know that there were actual words for trances and visions and and the supernatural and and different degrees of 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 um heaven that's the wrong word but like first second and third heaven. I I didn't know any of these things. God just started revealing things because I asked him questions and I got context as I pursued him like in tandem. Does that make sense? It's like when a, when a younger kid asks you a really complex question and you give them an answer, the answer is true, but they actually won't fully understand that truth until they've grown in experience and context so that 10 years later, they actually understand the answer. But it doesn't invalidate the point that you gave them a true answer in that moment. Fair? Like my kids, and probably because they've got my DNA, would ask me crazy profound questions all the time growing up. And I had a a value to just answer them truthfully. So I'd give them the truth and they'd be happy with that answer, even though it would take them years to develop context and infrastructure to really understand that, right? Capacity. So this one's getting long. We're about 29 minutes. So I'm going to wrap this up. Point one, you were designed in the image of God. You were designed in the image of God to have relationship with God. The angels don't even have relational equity like we do. That's biblical. The entire story of the Bible is God desiring connection with his creation. And after Jesus came and died and rose and sits victoriously next to him, we are given the opportunity for eternity to get to know him. And it is impossible to know somebody outside of conversation. Not all your thoughts are your thoughts. Your thoughts can be you. Your thoughts can be the enemy. Your thoughts can be God. And God's voice is familiar and loving and good. Because he knows you and he designed you and he desires to communicate. So it is okay to assume everything was from him, thought-wise, unless it's obviously not, but it's okay that if you really, really want to do this, just start assuming everything's from him, and he'll tell you otherwise if it's not. He communicates in pictures. He communicates in words. He communicates, think, think of our senses. Broaden, broaden your understanding of God speaking. He likes to get our attention with all the different ways that we actually perceive and process the outside world. Take the high stakes out of what you ask him. Come to him as a child and start communicating and asking him every question you can think of. And then be aware of his desire to respond. Start looking. Start being expectant for the responses to your questions. And he loves to confirm when it's his voice, you will be able to vet it through the scripture. 
No, the scripture's not going to say God said that you can have pizza on Thursday. But if God says you can have pizza on Thursday, his personality says, I, I like to come through on the good desires of your heart. That's Psalm 103. Totally botched the wording of it, but he satisfies the good desires of our heart. My point is, you're not always verbatim going to find what God is saying to you in the word, but he meant what he said when he said it so that you would recognize what he's saying when he says it. Both and. Guys, this is going to get really cool. I really, really want you to start um, reciprocating with, with your testimonies, okay? I want us all to see what God is doing as we come together on these podcasts. So not only do you have the opportunity, if you have Spotify, to, to write in um, different comments, thanks to my daughter. She's the one that does it all the time. But now that there is YouTube, put your comments, put your questions, be encouraging, be kind, be expectant. Amen? Have a great day. Thank you for listening today. I hope you have found places in your thinking or belief systems that have been encouraged, challenged, or my hope, quite frankly, introduced to completely new concepts. You want to stay connected? Visit me at my website at known to be known. That's the number two and a little b com. You can go there to be a part of the blog or to submit to be a member so that when new podcasts and new blogs are released, you're the first to know about it. Can't wait to see you next time.